Alright guys, welcome to another edition of Drive-In from Vanier. Um, for those of you that listened to my first episode, uh, this is the new name of this podcast. Um, this is your boy, JC, Justin, also known as Carp in Vanier. We're coming to you guys uh, on this drive-in, talking about uh, the, pa- the past day in sports. So let's get going. First order of business, um, I want to get this off my chest. Uh, the It has to do with the Women's World Cup last night. U.S. versus Thailand. Um, the United States won the game 13 to nothing. That's not the issue. The issue is not the 13 nothing win by the United States. That happens. They're just a better team. They're facing against a Thailand team that comes into the Women's World Cup for the first time in their history. Um, so obviously you've got a brand new soccer association going on the world stage, being exposed to the world stage. Um, all these ladies are new to this kind of type of environment, to this type of uh, game and everything, yet the United States still put a pounding on them. I don't, I, I'm not upset about the 13-0 score. Tyra, as the United States Athletes and Association said, the first tie break uh, in the Women's World Cup pool play is goal differential. Um, and they do have uh, Sweden, which is one of the favorites as well, uh, in their pool. So running up the score like that is one thing. But what they did on the field uh, after each goal, now that is embarrassing. Um, they have one of their star players, um, Hillary Knight, playing, I think her name is Hillary Knight if I remember correctly, who scored five goals last night and when she scored the fourth goal, which was a 6 nothing goal, she starts counting on her fingers how many goals she scored. You're, play- you're playing against Thailand, a team that has never been in the World Cup before. You outshot them in the game 40-2. to Like, I, that, that's, that's, that's embarrassing. Not for Thailand. Not for Thailand at all. It's not embarrassing for Thailand. I feel bad for Thailand. But it's embarrassing. The fact that you are celebrating a a 6 nothing goal. Your fourth goal of the game. Your, I think, 45th of her international career. I could be mistaken on that one there. But you score that goal and you're counting on your fingers how many goals you scored against an opponent that is ranked last in the Women's World Cup at the moment. Like, if you're playing against Germany, Canada, Sweden, okay, cool. Count them. Count the amount of goals because that is a feat. That that is something incredible that you scored against a top-ranked nation. But against a bottom-ranked nation, there's no need for that. That is embarrassing. And then going ahead and continue celebrating after goal number seven, goal number eight, goal number nine with that one. That one really triggers me. Like, you go, you score the ninth goal. And again, not your first international goal, and you're celebrating to the point where you're doing somersaults, spins, diving, kicking. Like, that is embarrassing. You should not be that. And then defending yourselves after the game, 
trying to trying to say, trying to justify. You can't justify that. Again, if you're playing against a team like Brazil, Argentina, Sweden, Germany, like those the top ranked teams in the nation in, in the world. Okay, cool. You can you can you can get away with celebrating because that is a high intense game. But against Thailand, like I'm sorry, that that is that is unsportsmanlike to a T like if you if anybody of you listened to my podcast from yesterday I ripped into Raptors fans about cheering for KD when he went down but what the United States did kind of now puts Canada back on top of them in the respect category because that was just disrespectful no matter who you are in sport you're gonna look at that and you're gonna cringe. I cringed when I when I heard about uh, the celebrations on the 9, 10, 11, and 12 goals. That's just embarrassing. I, at, at, at some point, the coach has to step in and be and, and sit these ladies down and tell them and, and absolutely tell and tell them like you can't be celebrating at that point. You can't. You're beating on an inferior team and you're celebrating about it. Like, score the goal, move on. You know you're better than the other team. Everyone knows you're better than the other team. Everyone expects you to beat on the other team. But to rub it in their faces like that and show them up, I I, I put full heart, full... Um, Full respect to Thailand on that. Uh, they came out of it with their heads held high. They did not let that uh, em- that embarrassment on the U.S. side uh, discourage them. They kept playing hard. They kept playing like a like if the if there was a one nil game. Um, but again, United States was a much stronger team, and it showed. But. They embarrassed themselves in that victory by showing up the other team um, and putting, essentially putting the United States back at the bottom of the barrel in terms of respect in the world. And everyone around the sports community in the world says so. Um, So, yeah, major disrespect for the United States. Next up, uh, I want to talk about uh, KD. touched base up a little bit on him uh, yesterday uh, Achilles injury uh, from the team he's going and going through MRIs uh, today uh, little interesting that uh, he's going to New York instead of back to Golden State with the rest of the team and get some MRIs done in uh, in Golden State knowing that uh, it's right on the bay right in San Francisco there's plenty of good uh, good facilities down in San Francisco and in, Ca- in the California area uh, and he is going to New York instead to get his MRI done and get the testing done and get the, the advice from the doctors. Um, don't know if we, if we want to read too much into that uh, with uh, the team doctors with Golden State as well as uh, the team officials kind of telling them that, yeah, you're good to go. And uh, no, you can't damage anything any more than you already have. And he goes into the game and ruptures his Achilles. Uh, Charles Barkley uh, went on the on the record yesterday and pretty much tore into Golden State's 
organization as a whole and putting the blame on Golden State's organization. Um, personally, I don't think the blame should be on Golden State's organization. I think the blame should be on the media. Um, questioning Kevin Durant, questioning Golden State, putting his integrity in question, uh, putting his heart in question, and putting his injury essentially in question. But I also put the blame a little, on that part a little bit on uh, Golden State by not coming out and squashing any of those rumors, any of the any of that um, well ahead of time, and saying that really it is a severe injury and not and it is truly day to day, and not not letting the fire grow um, and letting the media run wild with it because that's essentially what happened is the media ran wild with it. Um, questioning Kevin Durant's integrity and sportsmanship and, and and team play, forcing him essentially to a game that he was not ready for. He had one practice. He practiced the day before the game as his first practice in 36 game in 36 days. I'm sorry, that's 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 disrespectful to KD. Like I don't care. You don't let him play in this case. You tell him no. Your Achilles can't deal with any more pressure. And then come out to the media saying, officially, it's an Achilles injury. You don't, you don't fuck with an Achilles injury when you're a basketball player. The Achilles is the most important tendon as, as a basketball player. It is essentially holding your ankle together while you're doing these crossovers, while you're jumping, while you're in the middle, in the thick of things, while you're defending even. Like, the Achilles is one of the most important ligaments in the human body. Without the Achilles, you can't walk. So, to do that to KD, to, to essentially force him on the field, uh, on the court, um, that's just disrespectful to KD. Um, yeah, that's, that to me just rubs me in the wrong way. And that's it for this segment that I want to call my rant of the morning. Um, so, tonight, Mike's uh, the the end of the NHL season. Game 7 of the uh, Stanley Cup Finals, Boston versus St. Louis. Um, it's going to be a tight game. It's going to be very, very tight. I even think it might be going into overtime for the only the third time in Stanley Cup Finals history. Um, so, tonight's game is going to... I have a feeling that the refs are going to play a big factor in tonight's game. If they start calling every little thing on... St. Louis, uh, Boston will win. Their power play is just much, much stronger than St. Louis's penalty kill and St. Louis's power play. If this becomes a special teams game, Boston wins it hands down. If this becomes a run and gun, let the players play, St. Louis actually might have a chance to win this. Um, first goal is going to be the most important one. Uh, let's see what happens. With who scores the first goal? Whoever scores the first goal, in my opinion, will win. Uh, Bennington and Rask are both lights out in this uh, in this series, but I have a feeling St. Louis will win this game. Um, be the be their first Stanley Cup in franchise history. Bennington will win the Conn Smythe no matter what. I have a feeling it's going to be a two-one game, uh, and Bennington will be standing on his head, and he will win the Conn Smythe. He will only be the sixth player in NHL history to win the Conn Smythe as a losing player player fifth goalie to do so um and join a very very elusive company uh exclusive company sorry 
uh, with that. Um, next thing I want, uh, and that, and that's and that's where my prediction is going to lie. Uh, Con Smythe is going to Bennington. Stanley Cup is going to St. Louis. And so you could take that to the bank. Today, um, big thing is coming up uh, this uh, this weekend is the uh, CFL regular season starting. Um, it actually, in fact, starts tomorrow with Hamilton taking on Saskatchewan um, in their regular season opener. Um, and uh, say, Hamilton has uh, come out uh, and pushed the time pushed forward the time uh, from 7.30 to 7 because of the Raptors game that starts at 9 tomorrow. Um, they are going to try and get the game in, as much of the game in as possible before uh, the Raptors start at 9. So they got two hours to get the game in. But good on uh, Hamilton because what they're going to do is once the Raptors game starts at 9 o'clock, they're going to have it on the video board for everybody in the stadium to watch. Um, at the same time as the Hamilton and Saskatchewan games wrap up. Um, so, good on them. Um, Red Blacks also play against the Stampeders as a rematch for uh, the Grey Cup on Saturday. I'm interested to see how this year's edition of the, of the Red Blacks are going to show up. It's definitely going to be a different season than last year. Uh, I'm excited. Let's We'll see. Um... That one there, my prediction, Stampeders are going to win that there. Unless of a surprise, they're a much stronger team. They've been same core forever. so And same quarterback forever versus uh, Jonathan Davis. That is his first time starting a quarterback, taking the reins. Let's see how he does. I'm excited. Uh, and yeah. So that's it for me for today, guys. I hope you enjoyed the uh, drive-in from Vanier with me. Um, stay tuned for tomorrow's episode. Uh, I know it's going to have a little bit of a preview, but me and Rory will be on Let's Talk Sports uh, later on in the day for our preview. So thanks for, uh, thanks for listening, and have a great day, guys.